Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Dania Candil, and she is a product manager at Chanalysis. Chanalysis offers cryptocurrency investigation and compliance solutions to global law enforcement agencies, regulators and businesses as they work together to fight illicit cryptocurrency activity. Backed by Benchmark and other leading names in venture capital, Chanalysis builds trust in blockchains. Dahlia brings a wealth of technology experience to her role, and she is here today to share her story. Welcome. It's great to have you on an episode with us. It's so lovely to be here, Nadia. Thanks so much for having me. So just to kick things off, tell us in your words all about your current role. Absolutely. So I'm a product manager. For those of you who aren't familiar with what a product manager does, basically it's the person that works with the engineering team to build some of the applications that you're using on your phone, for example. So think um, iTunes, there's a product manager, an engineering team, a design team, tons of people behind that product to make improvements to it. And so going into my role specifically at Chainalysis, I'm a product manager, one of the product managers in the investigations team. And really what that means is that we team up with a team of brilliant engineers and designers for us to work on our investigation solution, Chainalysis Reactor. And honestly, best way that I love to, to think about this is that I get to work with Q to help James Bond catch the bad guys in a nutshell. <laughs> and in terms, it's less action oriented, mind you, yeah. but still <laughs> it has to do with tackling financial, like online financial crime in the cryptocurrency world specifically. Really exciting. And I love the way you've explained that. That's so clear. And it's really relatable for us all to all to think of iTunes, you know, as a product. But then also, um, I don't think there's uh, many of us that have missed James Bond. So, Especially <laughs> with the new movie out a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> very, very topical. So Chainalysis is about building trust. I know that's a really huge part of this, especially within the cryptocurrency space. Can you just tell us a bit more and explain that to us, please? Yeah, absolutely. So the cryptocurrency space might be a new one for for a lot of people and and they're not necessarily um, like super familiar with it. And so I'd love to just jump into like what the cryptocurrency space is as well. And so like a common misconception about crypto is that 
it's anonymous, it's untraceable, it's a lot of people might think that it's shady or, or whatnot and related to a lot of like drug trafficking and things like that. But the, the truth is like far from it, to be honest. It's certainly not untraceable. The really amazing thing about this technology is that cryptocurrencies operate on a public ledger, actually, that anyone no matter where they are in the world, can access an online block explorer and tap into that ledger to see all of the transactions, so all of the financial transactions that happen on that blockchain. And so I'd say that cryptocurrencies are actually a lot more transparent than more traditional forms of value transfer in like traditional financial institutions. Having said so, it's, it is difficult to attribute those transactions to specific entities because it's pseudonymous. And so what Chainalysis does is, as a blockchain data platform, is that it brings transparency into this entire process and maps those cryptocurrency addresses to real life services as well that totally makes sense and i think that again is really good for you to explain it the way that you have because there is just so much misconception around what crypto is how crypto works who uses crypto and for what so i think just explaining it the way that you have is already building my trust you know let, let's learn that of of other people now you speak so well about this you've got so much experience it'd be great just to hear a little bit about how you got to where you are today and just share a bit of that career journey. Absolutely. It, it's certainly been a journey, Nadia, I have to admit. Uh, so originally I'm a computer engineer by um, like my bachelor's degree is, is in computer engineering and I spent a couple of years in academia actually. So I had quite an, I'd say, untraditional path towards um, where I am now. Spent a couple of years there. Like to think that I educated the future generations for a couple of years, which is awesome um, and has been a very fun experience. And then at that point in time, decided that I wanted something a bit more hands-on, like from applications perspective. And so I wanted to branch out into like the corporate world. And so moved from Egypt, where I'm originally from, to the UK, actually, for a master's degree in manufacturing management that provided me with, uh, with exposure to other like companies and consulting opportunities and whatnot. At that point, decided, well, actually, I'm, I enjoy this consulting thing. You throw a problem at me and I get to solve it. How fun is that, right? Um, and went into um, consulting specifically around organizational transformations in HR in that space was really, really fun, naturally gravitated towards the more technical side of things around technical implementation. And then from then actually got asked to join the product management team that was getting set up at the company and then pivoted into product management from consulting. And then a couple of years later, I actually joined Chainalysis. And so I pivoted again into a completely different, different space. And so I'd say like the key takeaway for those of you listening to, to my career journey is that the, honestly, the main point is switching careers. It's totally doable. Like I've done it in a few years time, several years, and I've done it twice. And so if you're looking to transition your career, 
there's a wealth of online resources that can help you throughout the process as well. And my advice to you would be, if you're looking to do that, is to find someone who's walked the same path that you, you're planning on doing as well and reach out to them and, and just ask for a chat to learn a, a bit more about their experience. I think that's great advice. And it's so lovely to hear like how you've pivoted, how you've switched careers and that, you know, the wealth of experience that you've gained along the way and actually how every step has set you up for the next opportunity. But also there's been a, a viewpoint in which you've gone into each of these opportunities. Like just, um, I wrote down in, into my notes, just as you said, you throw a problem at me and I solve it. How fun is that? You know, that's, that's the way that you look at problems and, and why, why you are just so, so wonderful for this industry. However, if you were to look back and say to yourself, I've got hindsight now, what do you think you could have told yourself to better prepare yourself for the challenges you faced? Ah, oh, that's a great question. If only we could all go back in time, right? <laughs> so, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I'd say in a nutshell, fixate less to be honest. So my experience has been that like when you're younger, you tend to want to perfect things. And that ultimately leads to starting to lose sight of the bigger picture and what your goals are and hopes as well. And so I'd say that that statement applies to everything and it also applies to, to your career as well. So if for whatever reason you find yourself lying awake in bed at night, not being able to sleep because of something that's stressing you out or a situation that happened earlier during work hours or whatnot, just don't take a deep breath and focus on the bigger picture and just know that whatever it is, it does not have the ripple effect you actually think it does at that moment. I think that's really, really good to hear. And, and you know what, that works for me right now really well too. So um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I often fixate and I often overthink and I can spend too much time on the negative rather than looking at the positive. And I don't think I'm alone. So it's really good for you to share that and, and help people sort of bring themselves out into the, the positive and the more action oriented moving on. Now, just thinking about the environments you've worked in, so as you know, this podcast is very much talking about diversity, equity, inclusion within the workplace. My mission isn't just to help people hire new people for their team, but to retain those people, to invest in them, to promote them. I want people to be engaged when they come to work. I want people to give their all and become the best that they can be. That's what, that's what really drives me. So I love to bring the conversation onto what your thoughts are on inclusive working environments. And I think from your perspective, what that looks like, because you have switched careers, you have pivoted, you've seen a lot compared to perhaps somebody that stayed in the one, the one uh, route. So it'd be lovely to hear a bit more about what you think inclusive working environments should look like. Absolutely. Love the question. Thanks for that. So I'd say that it's an environment where differences in opinion and thoughts are celebrated, right? They're not attributed to differences in backgrounds or cultures, but rather they're taken for what they truly are. And that's diversity of thought. And I think that that's really, really important. And frankly, it makes like the entire workplace a lot more successful and, and enjoyable, right? An enjoyable place to, to work in for sure. And things shouldn't be challenging just because of 
these differences, and especially in things like exposure to different people in your organization, be it from leadership to executives or whatnot, to also career progression. And so I'd say that it really starts at the individual level as well. And so reach out to people, right? Grab a coffee with them, grab, ha, go out for a walk and talk, have a, have a chat, try to learn more about, about people and, and their differences and what makes them unique, right? Absolutely. And I love that advice, just trying to, to learn more about other people. Like I'm on a bit of a mission at the moment to educate myself. So I'm doing lots of reading, I'm asking lots of questions. And I think that's, that's really important that, um, you know, what you say, like, just go for a walk, just have a conversation, be inquisitive. Doesn't need to be challenging or threatening. It's about learning, isn't it? Definitely. So pulling on that thread then, what would be your call to action with regards to what more we should all be doing for authentic workplace inclusion? It's a great question again, Nidia. So I'd say that it's really twofold, right? It starts, there's the organizational level and then there's the interpersonal level. So I'd love to, to just get dive into both of them. And so at the organization level, it's, it's not just about recruitment, right? And having diversity as a point on your like organization's agenda. It's, it's way more than that, right? It's all about making an effort to really practice celebrating those diversities day in, day out. For example, at Chainalysis, we have reflection days where employees are actually encouraged to take that time off, that day off, as an opportunity to reflect on different matters in society, for example. Another idea that I've seen elsewhere that I know has, has worked as well is bring your culture to work day, right? It could be anything from what you wear to, to food to, to just having a chat and teaching people about, I don't know, chocolate chip cookies. I'm a fan. <laughs> and, and just having that conversation and building that sense of community amongst folks at the workplace for sure. And so the second piece, I'd say, and this one's the interpersonal one, and it's definitely not easy, totally appreciate that, but I'd encourage everyone to self-reflect because it really does start at the individual level. And so it's always good to have examples. So for example, when you're interviewing someone, right? And you didn't necessarily think that they were the, like a great fit for the role, but really dig a little deeper into why you didn't think the candidate was a good fit for the role, right? Is it because of their qualifications or is it because something else? And that way you'll slowly practice breaking the habit of subconscious discrimination. I love what you said there, because I think that there's a lot of messages that people can send, which is around challenging unconscious bias. But actually what you said there is how we challenge ourselves and how we can do that really quickly, because I, I believe in the good in people. And I think that, that actually, if we can do what you've said, really walk the talk on that bit of advice, everyone who's listening to this right now, ask themselves that question. The last time that you said no to somebody in an interview because they weren't the right cultural fit or you didn't quite get on, let's really unpack that and have, have a think about really what you meant by that. And, and in doing so, we'll learn about ourselves and therefore, therefore what, you know, a huge part of what we're trying to do for workplace inclusion. So I, I feel like that's been really, really useful. And what I've loved about this pod is that you've given us clear examples 
where people can take this away and implement. And anyone listening to this, um, I encourage to get in touch with Dalia. I know that you'll be, you're, you're really open to expanding Absolutely. your network. Yes, yeah, for um, sure. What's the best way of getting in touch with you? I'd say that's just drop me a message on LinkedIn. Lovely. Um, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. So when we post this, we'll make sure that um, there's, it's nice and clear to connect with you on LinkedIn. And as I said, I think this has been such an informative podcast, loads that we can all take away, loads that I'll be taking away. <laughs> I'm not going to fixate on the things that um, I, w- I was going to. Um, I'll definitely learn that from what you've said today. And thank you so much for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. It's been brilliant having you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Dadia.